0: guys, this is Ashley and Megan, and you are listening to the Mido podcast. Today's episode that you are about to listen to, uh, we discuss Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. We talked to my cousin Lori, who to me is a bit of an expert on the topic. She's going to go over the history, how to set up a shrine, the elements that are involved, and we even go into Uh, a little bit about animals and how they are affected by the spirits around us.
1: So this episode is going to be a great opportunity for you to learn um, about the different things that you can do to celebrate your loved ones that have passed. Um, Of course, it's always an emotional and um, can be saddening time when you think about uh, the loved ones that are not here with us anymore, but this gives you a way to celebrate them and celebrate their memories. Um, so enjoy this podcast and I hope you learn a few things and you can, um, take this with you and possibly build your own altars and celebrate the children or brothers, sisters, anyone who you have lost. So please listen and enjoy.
0: And today our guest is my cousin, Lori. She is going to talk to us about day of the dead. And would you please go ahead and say it so that the right pronunciation comes out? (laughs) Yes, it is Dia de los Muertos. And the reason that we're having Lori on with us today is because this has become a holiday that is special to me. Um, And I know a lot of our listeners will be on the fence with wanting to listen, and whether that means that... um, you don't want to talk about death, or you're not ready to hear this, that's, that's fine. But for those of us that do have an angel in heaven, and that could be a child, a parent, a cousin, a best friend, anybody that's been in your life that has passed away, I feel like this is a very important topic to discuss, because it's something that has um, become meaningful for me and my family. So Lori, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. And why don't you go ahead and just dive in. Why don't you
2: just launch us and, and start where, we, where you think we should. <laughs> OK. So um, well, first of all, the historical background here is um, this is uh, a tradition that comes out of the Aztec culture in Mexico. Um, And it's celebrated by my family. My family is uh, from Puebla, Mexico, which is about two hours south of Mexico City. And um, my family, uh, majority of them were born in a town uh, called Cholula, which is actually the largest, uh, the base is the largest pyramid in the world. Um, And so there's a lot of Uh, traditions in Cholula and in the state of Puebla, where my family lives now. My mother lives there as well, and 200 family members, including my abuelita, my grandmother. So um, this tradition is very much alive in my family. Um, And so I wanted to share with you an altar. The reason why we build these altars is because in the Aztec culture, we believe that there are actually three deaths. The first death is when you take your last breath. The second death is when you are buried and no longer seen on earth again, so your physical body is gone. Um, but the third death is what Aztecs believe to be the most dreaded, and that is to be forgotten. And so so that you are not forgotten, we build altars, and our altars have... Pictures of our ancestors so that we can always remember and celebrate them once a year and not forget. So that is why we have, uh, we build these altars. And there is um, very much, um, it's very much, there's elements that go into each altar. And I thought I would share my altar. So I'm going to go ahead and come over to where the altar is. And I think I'm going to flip my camera so that you could see it a little bit better. Okay. So. This is an um, altar. in the In the middle here is my father, um, and uh, this picture here is my grandfather. So uh, the primary altar is is uh, celebrating my dad's life. Um, and so we've got like you on altars, you can put things, items that belong to them. So his pipe. This was his pipe. This was cigar. <laughs> he passed ten years ago, but we still have the cigar is still there. Um, he was a fan of the, of the Bud Light, so <laughs> celebrating back there. Um, and he also loved music. So on this altar, it has the list of names of all his favorite musicians. Um, and you'll see the traditional skeletons and the bright colors uh, that kind of uh, are represented in the artwork here on this altar. My father was Swiss, so there's the Swiss flag. He also played the accordion. So there's the accordion back there. Um, this is my Mexican grandfather. Um, who has also passed. He was a guitar player in a mariachi. And then this, of course, is our Angie. So Angie is right there. Um, usually what we do to celebrate children who have passed, we usually put a sugar skull. So there's a skull here and the sugar skull is supposed to be to attract the children to the altar. So uh, really, really proud to have Angie there. Um, And then we have, um, you can put elements up from that remind you of folks. So this is a a Madonna that is from my aunt uh, Tia Delma who has passed. Uh, Tia Delma is down there, it's her picture. Um, We also have uh, our great grandfather for myself and Ashley. He is represented there. Um, We have uh, Gary, my cousin and Ashley's dad here. Um, Our uncle Rocky is there. And then I've, you can put, this is Bucky who passed away and Rosie who passed away. So you also can celebrate pets who have gone. Um, and then there's some elements that I wanted to mention that are really important. So one element is, so you notice there's, there's candles. So the first element is fire. So the reason why we have fire is because they're actually considered guiding lights for the dead to find us. So that's why in the actual altars in Mexico, um, in the United States, we tend to build these on, in our homes, but in Mexico, they actually build them at the cemeteries. And so there's, it's beautifully lit up and lots and lots of lights. Then we have earth, the, the next element. And earth is represented by flowers. Now, I, don't, I didn't get a chance to put any fresh flowers up here, but normally it's marigold flowers. And the reason why it's marigold is uh, you remember they're kind of that orange colored uh, flower, and marigolds have a very, very strong scent. So also it's to attract the spirits to earth. Um, and in Natual, which is a uh, native of Aztec language, um, there's a lot of celebrations, uh, of feast celebrations that they have that commemorate the dead that have lots and lots of marigolds in them. And marigolds are actually from, uh, Puebla, they're harvested in Puebla and in Veracruz, which is where my family is from. The concept of how bright they are also, it's the bright colors. um, And that concept is, it's a way to celebrate life instead of being bitter about death. Um, And there's also a legend connected to to marigold flowers is that bright colors, and that's why you actually see bright colors on all the altars is it's supposed to represent um, it was, it was to reunite a few gods, um, some Aztec lovers, one that was killed in battle, um, and it was, uh, represents the sun, so praying to the sun for their spirits to return as well. So that's the second element. The third element is there's a glass of water here. So uh, the glass of water is because the spirits have been on a long journey to come back to earth, so that's to quench their thirst. And then the next element is wind. So this is called papel picado. And papel picado, you know, it moves with the wind. You know, if you open the door, even it moves. Um, And the wind is critically important because it basically tells us every time you see those uh, papel picado moving, that means that the spirits are here. Um, And it represents the union between life and death. And uh, I could go on and on on papel picado. There's a long history there. But um, back in the day... um, the folks that would, uh, you would go to, uh, you can call it a witch doctor in our terms here uh, in Mexico and say, I'm having an issue with my mother-in-law. She's not feeling well. Um, And so you can go to this person who would actually cut out a piece of paper, a custom uh, piece of paper and give it to you and then tell you to take it home and put it up in your house. And that would cure the problem. Um, So it's an an ancient Aztec uh, tradition to use uh, the papel picado, the history there. Then there is copal, which is, uh, it's the type of incense. This is the traditional incense that you would burn. Um, it comes in two forms. It can come in a rock form, or it comes in the you know traditional ones that we're used to. But um, copal is um, it comes out of uh, it's a tree that's actually native to uh, Mexico. So in the Aztec um, portions, and um, it's used it's used in many many rituals actually to get prayers um, transmit prayers, and also to cleanse and make sure that only positive spirits come to us. So that's why kopal in particular is important. And then the other thing that's important is a banquet of food. Now, um, what you normally would do is you would put your loved one's favorite foods out here so that when they get here, they'll um, be able to, uh, to consume in those foods that were their favorites. So normally I would have, if I got it together before this time that we had, would have put some chicken mole out here because my father, really, really love chicken mole. Um, And actually that works out because chicken mole is actually one of the traditional uh, meals that you would put on an altar. So lucky for my dad for marrying a Mexican. (laughs) He got to to benefit from chicken mole quite a bit. My dad for Swiss guy loved some spice. So um so you would put all their favorite foods out there and then you let the food kind of, um, you leave it out there for the week. The water will actually um, just evaporate. And so as it evaporates, and sometimes you can put liquor out there too. So if you have like, if somebody had a favorite drink that they liked, um, that evaporates faster. It's supposed to symbolize that it's, uh, that they're coming to consume um, what you have put out for them. And as the food rots, it's actually a good thing because it shows, it kind of emulates death, right? So it's alive at once and then it emulates death and goes away. And it's so kind of the pattern of life and death. So um, so that's a basic overview of um, sort of the elements that are in an altar. And um, I, I think it's important to mention that it's It can be celebrated in other cultures as well. It's, it's predominantly in the Mexican culture, but I also think it's important for others to know about the traditions, respect the tradition, um, and use it in a way that is respectful to the culture, which I think is in your home, putting an altar in your home, um, and making it a time of uh, an opportunity to celebrate um, those who have passed. And so I cherish this holiday and as you know, all of my family members are here um, and, and I really do spend the time thinking about them. Um, you think about them often, but this time of the year when you do it in a ceremony way, um, it, feels, um, it feels really, really good to honor them. Um, there, is a, there is a ceremony um, that you can conduct if you wanted to. Um, and the way that the ceremony works is you, it's called the Presente Ceremony. And um, the way that it works is every, you light the kopal first, that's the first step, you light it, and then everybody who is in the ceremony together, and it could be two people, it could be 100 people, you ask everyone to take three deep breaths to bring calm. Um, and then um, you actually say the names of everyone who has passed. So if we were to do this ceremony, I would say Melvin Scolari, And then everybody would say Presente. And then Angie, we would say Angie's name and everyone would say Presente. And so you go through sort of the folks who have passed and each person, each name gets honored. Um, And Presente means present. So that means they're here with us. Their spirit is here with us. So it's a really beautiful, beautiful uh, ceremony. And and because it's uh, a quiet, calm one, it gets emotional. Um, and you know, it can get, it can get emotional in a way that makes you feel connected to the spirit, but it also can get emotional for you in that you miss the person so much. So you have to be prepared, um, to be involved in that ceremony, um, you know, so that you could be prepared to process some, some pretty deep emotions, but it is, it is, it is truly a beautiful way to remember those that we've lost. So that's it, I'm happy to take any questions.
0: Yeah, um, thank you for going into all of that. I appreciate it. It's nice to be able to hear every step and and everything that's included with making the altar um, and just the meaning behind it. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, Where do you buy the incense? Is there like, can you get it in most places or do you have to order it or is there anything specific?
2: I think you could probably order it online, but where I get it, I live in San Francisco and we have um, a, if, if there's in your town or city, if there's a Latino, Latinx community, you could probably get it there. Um, this copal where I bought it was, there's actually a store that is for day of the dead in San Francisco. And so I usually go there every year and buy everything. So I haven't had a chance to go yet, but I get my marigolds there and everything there. So if you live in a larger city that has uh, a community that like that, you can definitely get it there. If you don't, I would, I would definitely, I'm pretty sure you can get it online and it's spelled C O P A L copal.
0: Okay, and um, when do you generally like start to decorate or start setting up your altar?
2: I usually sell, uh, set it up fully. That's why it's sort of pseudo set up here, but I usually set it up the last week of uh, October and into the uh, next few weeks of November. So that's usually the time frame that I, you know, put the food out, the incense out, um, and that aligns with Aztec um, the time the celebration beginning of November.
0: And there's, there's specifically two different days, right? One that is for children and one that is for adults. Correct.
2: I send, I tend to mush, kind of do them together myself, but you can do that. Um, and that's the traditional way is the first one is for children. And the second one is for adults. So you can't do that for sure. Um, there's, not a lot of, you know, rules about this that you can break. Um, You could sort of take it and make it your own. Some folks put the altar up for the entire month of November and replace the food. And, you know, so there's just different ways that you could um, sort of take it and make it your own.
0: Um, Megan, did you have any questions before I could
1: clean? (laughs) Um, No, I just, you know, appreciate you giving all the history with this. Um, It's something that, I didn't know too much about, always appreciated the art and the uh, just the beautiful colors and everything that uh, goes along with it. But um, yeah, my brother actually passed away this last year in February, so um, Mm -hmm. this is something that we will be doing this year as well. Um, And so it's just, it's really nice to see all the specific um, details and things. And also With your altar, is that obviously your father's picture is painted on that. Is that something that you had made or that you? Yes.
2: Yeah, I had it made. um, And it's pretty rare to have an altar of this detail. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had access to a pretty awesome artist um, who made this for me. So, um, So, yeah, you don't have to get this elaborate with your altar. You could just, you know, set up a table and put your pictures and candles and items up. Um, and even if you don't have access to papel picado or all the different elements, um, you could probably order most of it online. But if you don't, just do your best. Just mm-hmm. make it as long as the pictures are there and the food is there and the candles are there. I think those are the main elements. And it, it, as long as it looks like something that when you walk past it or you look at it, it reminds you that you are honoring your loved one. That's the most critical piece. You don't have to have all these exact elements. So just keep in mind, it's better to do something to celebrate and make you feel good and at peace. Um, and the way that you want to do it is, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Again, there's no rules about this necessarily. Um, it's its your, your approach to how you celebrate your loved one.
1: And I really like how it's celebrating them. Um, obviously, it's anyone who's had someone that's passed, it's, it's sad and it brings up emotions, but um, you're celebrating their memory, you're honoring who they were. And I think that that's, that's really special.
2: Um, yeah, the
0: first time that um, I really got to like actually experience it, uh, sorry, the dogs are growling at each other. Hold on one second. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Here, take this one. They're arguing over a bone. <laughs> um, and there's multiple sitting there. <laughs>
2: <Uh-oh>. <laughs> um,
0: so uh, when, when Angie passed away, so before, um, well, my dad had passed away, but he wasn't at a cemetery or anything like that yet. And um, so when Angie passed away, it was really the first experience that I've had in um, going to a cemetery over and over and over again, not just like a, a, a visit once a year or every couple of years or something. This was, I was, I'm going every single week. And um, it was, sorry, now a buddy is is coming up here to join
2: us. See, you're right. All of the animals yep. are convenient. <laughs> yes. When you start talking about death, don't be surprised. And loved ones that are emotional to you, don't, don't be surprised if the animals start participating in the conversation. Yeah, really seriously look at it. um no so it was so I, I was
0: going a lot and it was the first time that I realized how peaceful a cemetery is and when you're growing up you don't think of it that way you think of it as like this creepy scary place and and it really isn't and so the first year that Angie was gone um in 2019 I went out to go and see her and just spend time with her and all of, of the, um, graves near us were all decorated. Mm. And there's this one, just giant shrine, a couple away from us. Mm. I was just like, Oh my gosh, what is this? And I saw, and it was just, it was the most elaborate, beautiful thing that I've ever experienced. And it really inspired me to do more and more for Angie. Mm. And I feel that, um, now that she's gone, I don't get to, I mean, I still celebrate her birthday. We still have a birthday party. We still remember her and honor her. Um, but this was something that was like extra special. It was something too, that my Julian and Joelle, my niece and nephew for the listeners, um, they're both very young, uh, Julian, sorry, <laughs> Julian and Joelle were like, that's Julian and Angie were best friends and um, they had this like interesting bond that you don't expect a, a child that young to have and he always knew that he needed to be slow and gentle around her and it was just like this intuition that he had that I mean, you don't expect a two-year-old to be gentle with a, a, a one-and-a-half-year-old, or a one-year-old to be gentle with a six-month-old. Like that—that mm-hmm. that, uh, cognition isn't isn't there yet. You, you can't right. really teach that yet. And so he was always super gentle with her, and it breaks my heart knowing that he was so young and he's never going to remember her. And that's just that's a fact. I I know that. And um, Joelle, she never got to meet her cousin. She was born after she passed away and um, I wanted there to be a way for them to celebrate her. That wasn't a birthday because Angie will never be able to get older. And I felt like this would be the perfect, this cat. (laughs) Uh, I felt like this would be the perfect way to honor her and be able to teach them who she was and, be able to, as they grow older, understand more about her and more about kids. And unfortunately, this is, this is our life. Like I, I see families that lose their children all the time. And, um, so this was something special that, that has helped me. I mean, you never, you don't get over it. You don't heal things get different, but it's always, always going to be hard. There's never going to be an easy day. And being able to celebrate the Day of the Dead for any family member, but especially your child, and being able to decorate and go all out and have these happy, bright colors, these beautiful flowers, um, these things that that represent earth and, and that spiritual realm, Um, is something really special. So thank you for explaining it and helping our listeners to understand what it is.
2: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Be patient with this cat. (laughs) So so quick thought on the cat and the other cat in the background and the dogs um, and children. So there is a really great book um, called the four agreements if you haven't read it it's by don miguel ruiz and um and the concept is, is it's and it's uh about the tolteca culture which is one of the uh, one of the aztec um, part of the aztec empire which is actually where my family is from so we're tolteca and um <clears throat> the book itself it's a short read but it talks about how Um, The concept that that was believed by the Toltecas is that when you come to earth and come onto this plane, that you as a baby and as a young child have not been indoctrinated into the rules of society. And some of those rules of society shut down our third eye, shut down our ability to see other spirits or feel, feel spirits, but animals are not... Um, animals and young children can still feel and see um, those spirits until they get older. And as we get older, we forget um, we are brainwashed into not believing that those that that, that exists. So, um, so Julian, the reason why probably he was so gentle uh, with Angie is because he knew, right? His intuition was very in, much intact. Um, and the animals know, and every single time I, every year that I do the altar or talk about my dad, talk about loved ones where it's emotional, the animals all get involved. <laughs> they start jumping on your lap. They start growling. They start doing things as they feel these, these emotions. And they also could be feeling the spirit. So that's the concept that is talked about in the four agreements Um is about the Tolteca way and believing that we actually can connect to our loved ones spiritually, but we forgot how um, because of the society that we're currently living in. So anyway, it's a really great book that's also seeped in this uh, same concept of the culture itself.
0: That's awesome. I I have heard of the book, but it's been a very long time since I read it. So I definitely will need to pick it up and, and read it again. Awesome. Uh, I have a funny story I'm going to share. So a while ago, (laughs) this is probably last year, um, Julian woke up and he all of a sudden was just talking about Angie. And and, um, my sisters are really good about, I mean, they have pictures of Angie everywhere and they always talk about her and they point at her picture and say, this is Angie. And and they always explain to them who she was. And um, he woke up one morning, he was like, But I want to I want to play with her. And my sister was like, well, I'm sorry, honey. She's not here. She and I can't remember how she explained it to him, but he was like and I have to for the listeners too. my nephew has an English accent and it's from watching shows (laughs) from England this is the funniest thing because he's living he's been in San Diego his whole life and never been exposed to any accents but he has this accent and so um there's certain words that he says and you're just like where did you learn this but so he's he's in the staircase and he's like but but I want and uh, we can we can we'll we'll go to the market Um, And I don't know where my picture went. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Well, we got it. We just need to get glue mama. And she was like, what are you talking about? She was like, well, we're going to fix Angie. We're going to go to the glue market and get glue and we'll, we'll put her back together and she can come over and play with my trucks with me. And it was just like, wow, it was a beautiful moment because you really felt like he understood what what who she was Mm -hmm. and um and it's it's a beautiful it's really it it really touches my heart when he does talk about her because he does it and it's random like every once in a while I'll get a phone call and um it'll be Julian talking about Angie and he did it like a week ago he was telling me um off because he calls that's that's our way of auntie he goes off Angie's going to be back. She's coming back. I just wanted you to know that she's not gone. She's, she's going to come back to you. And I was just like, oh, "Oh, buddy, I love you.
2: (laughs) Powerful. Yeah.
0: But thank you so much for being with us. Megan, did you have anything that you wanted to add or any more questions?
1: No, thank you so much for sharing all this information with us and giving us a better understanding of how to celebrate this day days multiple days yeah
2: <laughs> yeah and i and i wanted to just um close by um just giving my condolences to you've lost your brother Um, and, and, and we all miss Angie. So I just want to acknowledge, uh, the challenge, um, that, that you both are going through and all of your listeners that have lost their precious loved ones. So, um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. And hopefully this concept, this ceremony will help bring a little bit of light to a very, very challenging time that, as you said, it's going to, it never really heals, um, but it helps um, bring a little bit of positivity to your thinking about that person for a moment and remembering them in a, in a way that um, hopefully helps you process a little bit and, or makes you feel good. Thank you. And thank you for taking time to, to talk
0: with us and our listeners. Um, if you guys are listening right now, this was the Mito podcast You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. Are we on Spotify? (laughs) We are. (laughs) I haven't said that in such a long time. (laughs) Um, You can also find us at mitopodcast.com or you can email us at mitopodcast at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions or would like to learn more, hear more about this episode, or even have a suggestion for one in the future, please let us know. And thank you for listening.